This is Alan. This is Brandon. And welcome to D6 Minutes, the miniatures gaming podcast companion to Dice Over Everything, where we choose a bunch of topics and talk about them for as long as the dice decide. All right, so have you been extremely inspired to do hobby stuff over the last weekend? I know we've just headed into winter, which is, feels like time to hibernate, but, you know, hobby is still part of hibernating. So we'll talk about it for three minutes. So, yes, indeed. I basically got a bunch of, of of stuff and equipment for my 3D printer and I bought a whole bunch of resin because, was it Black Friday? It might have been Black Friday yeah. uh, that I got a whole bunch of stuff. And so I decided to go and play around. I have a, my own little heater and everything like that. And uh, I decided to try something a little bit more crazy. Uh, so I... Uh, we've been working on our game, and I want to actually have a little, like, game kit for our game. But, of okay. course, our game is two by three, right? Two feet by three feet. So, so it seems it's like a little small. bit... Okay. Yeah, it's a little, already pretty small, but I was thinking, well, if I have a... I can't just have a kit in my backpack, like in my work backpack or whatever, right? With all the It needs to be no. even smaller for that. So basically, Imperial uh, Legion's Imperial Imperialis came out, which has like tiny Marines and everything like that. So it gave me the idea: what happens if I just took some of the models that that I had for like the 3D STLs and I shrank them down by a third? So that would so that almost they, be like centimeters to inches. Almost, not quite, but close. Uh, a third. It's 2.54, so it's a bit not quite as small. Not. It's not fully three. A third is 2.54. It's probably so, like you know. one and a half centimeters or something like that. Mm-hmm. I basically scaled everything down to 16 millimeter. Okay. And so I printed them all off, and I was worried that the STLs wouldn't even, like, you know, stick together because they would be too thin. So I had to choose, like, more chunkier guys. Uh, but so far, I haven't I haven't done the, the swords are the, the scariest part because they're super flimsy. But so far, they're looking pretty good. I'm pretty impressed. Okay. I mean, I feel like this is the small version of like getting those small chess sets and those small like checker sets. Yes. They're actually, I don't know, they're slightly annoying once you have full-size human hands. But, I mean, oh, yeah, I can see you holding them up. They look like, they look like if you blew on them, you could just rearrange the whole <laughs> game table. But, I mean... Don't blow on them then. Yeah, okay. Don't sneeze during the game. Anyhow. Yeah, and I also had to to make sure that the the models that I 3D printed were the chunk, like I said, the chunkier ones. So a lot of the the Vanguard models, which are from Mad Station, they have these very intricate small gun barrels. So I had to not use those types of guns, and I had to use the alternative plasma guns, which are a lot chunkier, to get well, them to like look like they can work. Well, they're so tiny. It looks pretty like, cool. It's a gun. It's a gun. Good enough. Yeah. Yes, I. I've been painting full-size stuff, though, that I think I mentioned that the tag raid Kickstarter from Corvus Belly arrived a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. So I've been simultaneously working on three guys from that and one other guy all at the same time. And I feel like that's, like, one's a big giant robot, two are normal-sized guys, and one's a little, a little tiny robot. I feel like that's about the right mm-hmm. number of guys to paint at once. Also, I've just been able to use my formulas I have for all the paint schemes. So it's been quite relaxing just to be like, all right, pick up the oh, paint yeah? scheme, just do it. So I've been working away on that. Yeah. I, I'm also working on some Infinity models, but there's too much pressure with that stuff. 
That's why I'm thinking like if I have these mini guys that like this travel this travel version of of our game, uh, I'll just like throw some uh, washes on it and call it good. So maybe it'll be less stressful. We'll find out. Well, we've already gone over our stress reduction techniques. We don't have to go back over these again. All right. So on to some some new topics. You want to go for one first or shall I go for one? Sure, I'll go for one. So, how many units is too much in a game? Did we ask this question already? I feel like models is too much, but units is kind of like when you combine them all into a base, mm, continuing with that true. Legion Imperialis thing, because you, you stick yeah. five guys yeah, on one right. base. you're right. Units is different than miniatures. Six minutes. Deep dive, man. Oh, my lord. Um, okay. Well, I guess I wasn't that attached to my topics. But, <laughs> so... If we're talking about models to paint, like we're just talking about Legion Imperialis, okay, you stick five little tiny dudes on one base, whatever. Mm-hmm. Or if you have too many giant tanks, that's also another problem if you have too many ta- giant tanks on the board. But units, I'm thinking maybe we have talked about this because I feel like this brings me back to War Machine mm-hmm. where you really yep. explicitly knew how many units you had because that's a game that involves cards for every unit. And mm-hmm. the game was played on 4x4, four four, and I put my my cards in the top loaders, which are 4x3 inches. Mm-hmm. And I recall the cards for my army just spanning the whole 4-foot width of the table. Mm-hmm. So that's 48 divided by 3. Math is hard. That's, that's like 15, 15 cards. Uh-huh. So I feel like we have asked this question, but it's going to yeah. be a, a new new question. Not, not a new question. I mean, like this question, we're going to redo it. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a retrospective. If we've asked this question and uh, anyone listening it, uh, knows, you can compare our current answers to what we did the last time <laughs> and the, tell us if we've changed our mind. The warm machine answer feels like deja vu, but it might have come up in a different context. But anyhow. Uh, okay. Maybe it was models or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that 15 cards for the units across the back of the table felt like too many things to have to worry about activating at the same time. Plus, like, when your opponent goes and activates oh that many, God, one machine right. would often have you sitting there just doing doing just jack squat for, like, 12 minutes yeah. easily. As, sometimes. as your opponent is, just tries to math out what their actual turn is supposed to be. Yeah, Because even there's so many permutations, because there's so many different units doing different things. Yeah, and even if you went for an I-go-you-go situation, you now have to mm-hmm. remember all those 15 guys on that turn who have gone in and who haven't gone. So I don't think that's mm-hmm. even a resolution to that dilemma of just being like, oh, I-go-you-go, yeah. you don't have this big break. Now you've created a new dilemma where you've got 15 guys to keep track of, and then your opponent's yeah. done something, and you're like, uh, did I activate that unit already? And you, you, get, you just start mm-hmm. using like activation tokens so I don't know what what are your thoughts on that like that fifteen level is that too high? I then? think fifteen is really hard. I think fifteen works with infinity specifically yeah. because you only fifteen models mm-hmm. works with infinity or well each model is a unit right in infinity right because it's a skirmish game. I think it works partially because first of all you don't activate every single guy once and. St- Instead, you just have orders, and you can spend them any way you want. So every single time you're doing it, you can spend it on the same guy, and it makes it a lot easier to, like you said, remember what's happening, right? When you Mm -hmm. have 15 guys, and you're trying to remember which guy moves there and which guy does whatever, it becomes a lot – just the remembering portion becomes a lot harder. I feel like 15 is is probably too many. You look at chess, right? Chess is 16 units, Mm -hmm. right? 
And you're allowed to activate, you know, any unit when you activate, right? Uh, but it's still a lot of units in, in chess, right? Yeah, there's a lot of interactions to keep track of, which makes the game feel very, like, de- mentally demanding because there's so many different yes. angles of things going on. And But in our miniature games that we really enjoy, they're even somewhat more demanding because each unit has usually a list of special rules because we want there to be some sort of... Um, simulationist aspect of your guy being a cool badass hero right so it has to be cooler than just i can move in every direction even though that that unit is fucking awesome in chess hmm so so this could be resolved by not everybody activating a la Uh infinity but that's actually true if you had more units and like let's say you only had let's say you have 20 units but you could every turn you can only activate five Mm mm-hmm and then everyone else is just, you know, you could say holding position or doing this kind of things. It could actually still be playable. Yeah, not too many games do that because you just feel like the guys shouldn't sit there waiting for your orders. Mm-hmm. But in the right sort of like context, I want to say, yeah, yeah, I want to use the word context. But I feel like there's got to be a fluff reason behind it. Like uh, the, it, when you're thinking about action, especially in a skirmish game. When you're or 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 just you're focusing on one area, right? Having guys hold, they're not like I said, it's not technically holding. It's that the action, when action happens, is a lot larger than the normal kind of battlefield things, right? Most of the time, people are, you know, holding the fort down down by like, you know, just uh, you know, staying there and stopping the opponent from from advancing. Do you know what I mm-hmm. mean? Like, like, just let's say you're in the trenches, right? Most of the people in the trenches are not actually acting, running around and doing things, right? So having five actions is not necessarily crazy in a way, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, because um, there's the whole thing of miniature companies wanting to sell miniatures and get mm-hmm. make you put them on the board, because otherwise yeah. why own them all? But then the game has to be playable. So that's, I don't know, maybe that's an interesting idea to explore later about, like, just not activating whole armies for game yeah. mechanics. Yeah, I think so. I think they would be an interesting thing, I think, uh, uh, in general. But in terms of the activations, then, we're not talking about actual units, but activations, I do feel like 12 activations is a lot. Yep. Yes, it is. Like in Infinity, when you uh, have a NCO order and also a tactical awareness and then another tactical awareness, and you have that full order group. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of activations, actually. Yeah, there's there's a lot to plan out at that point. Yeah. So and you feel like yeah. you have to plan it out because you have so much potential. Yeah. So you have to you have to make use of the potential when you yeah, have that so high Yeah, so I say twelve. Number. I think twelve is okay. probably the upper limit. I'd I'd even want less, possibly even ten or something. Yeah, I think in our game I can manage to keep track of what everybody does. But even then, with like ten yeah. guys on the board, I start sometimes yeah. wanting to like turn them around once they've activated. Just to take some mental load off. So even yep. 10 can be sometimes difficult. Anyhow, yeah. we've we've gone an interesting direction with that one. Maybe off track, maybe not off track. But I think it's time for our next question then. Yep, the last question. Okay, bringing us off to maybe an easy one. We've been playing like a new campaign of Frostgrave. And mm-hmm. a lot of spells in Frostgrave. 
say you literally put like miniatures on the board or not miniatures yep. on the board, but like features on the board when you cast a spell. And I was having to borrow one of the other guys. Like, Sorry. Oh, okay. So spell effects like walls and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. You, you've already guessed the question. Sure. I was having to borrow one of the other guys like fog effects. I'm like, I feel kind of bad. I don't have all these for my guy. But then I was thinking, okay, mm-hmm. the wall spell in Frostgrave is really popular. Uh-huh. And we just kind of always use stone for it. But that's just mm-hmm. like when you think of a wall in fantasy that you think of that wall. So the question is, mm-hmm. if you think of a wall created by casting a spell, how do you picture that wall usually, like a cast, like a spell cast wall? Wow, this is very specific. I hope it's not six minutes. It's five minutes. Well, of course. <laughs> okay. So obvious. So, this is so going back into lore of D and D first edition now. <laughs> How do they five think creating walls in general? When you're creating a wall, the traditional wall is a wall of earth, right? That's they dig into the ground and then you know they have that summoning kind of thing where they lift their hands up and the entire earth rises with their hands to yep. create a type of wall. Uh, so. I guess when you're talking about just general look, yeah, it should look like that. If you're doing just the normal earth wall, it will be like jagged, somewhat somewhat kind of jagged or, or rough hewn kind of rocks with a, a mm-hmm. with a larger base at the at, at the larger at the base and like going up to be thin at the top that is just um, you know with striations to show the action of them moving up all, along the wall, right? Okay. All right. So so would you actually model it differently? Like if you were going to do a different spellcaster, would you model it differently? Like if you had an elementalist? Oh yeah, they, for like, sure. We're creating a ice wall is very spell, common too. If you had like a thing, but it should be ice and more crystalline looking. Mm, but, Instead of so crack, cracked ground like uh, Earth would be. Mm, so depending on like your type of wizard, you're like mm, maybe maybe my wall spell should look different. Oh for sure, but you basically can it can only be two, right? It's Frostgrave, so ice makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. It can be earth it's because, you know, it's a wall. But you can't have a firewall because... No, that would damage people. Like, you can just... Because you can climb <laughs> yes. over it in the game. So it's yeah. like, no, it can't be a wall of fire. Definitely can't it be. It basically has to be... Uh, and it's an elementalist, right? So they're using the elements. So yep. what could it be? I guess it could be trees. Like, it could be wood- a wooden growth wall. Maybe you like were bringing a construct caster and you had like a really wooden construct too, and you take in that spell. Oh no! Wait, I feel like Earth? this gives you a lot of opportunity to create sort of like an image for uh-huh. your spellcaster based around their spells. That's true. There's the other thing where I said that uh, it should look like, like you said, the classic D and D kind of like rising out of the earth and look and make it look rough, hewn, and primal. But there's other versions of walls that are created from different kind of worlds. Like I believe in Avatar, when they create the walls, it's more like – it actually is more like a wall. They create a, like a flat so like, it's, like wall, like a, so like a normal stone wall that kind of ru- that rips, rips out from the ground to rise up. But it's actually it does, still does have some striations on the bottom. But you could have that kind of perfect – perfect, you know, like – you could have the top of the wall be a perfect straight wall because technically mm-hmm. you're supposed to be able to climb over it and it's square. And then yeah. the bottom can have be a little bit have a little bit of the you know the the the, the striation things to sh- to show that it's coming from the ground. So mm-hmm. you could have just like a flat block. I think 
it looks it looked pretty cool when they did it but at the same time it was animation so uh <laughs> it's obvious mm-hmm. that it comes from the ground because they literally rose it from the ground because you can actually see so. it doing it whereas if you model yes. it and you want it to feel like that you're gonna have to make it more yeah more, more angular roughly. to give it more feeling of motion hmm yeah so i don't know so if you're gonna make the wall i want to keep reusing it i don't want to make a Okay, I'm fine with actually in Frostgrave making a wall for every wizard. I'm, I'm not against it because you just you just make stuff. <laughs> you make your whole warband, yeah. and then you make you can you can just make accessories for them yeah. as well because there's only so many guys in the warband. I it's feel like, like it's just going to be ice. You'll have an ice wall and a rock wall, and I guess you could create different types of rock walls. Like some, if you have an undead, run, oh, uh, yeah, like uh, if you have an undead necromancer who has wall, you can technically just make it a bone wall. Right. Or it's a dirt wall, but with like skeletons and things, you know, like in it, like a graveyard wall coming up. That'd be pretty cool. Hmm. So I think our conclusion is you should tailor Rule of cool. Lo- you should tailor it to your wizard. So it's like just more. Yes. Creation of the personality. So even hmm. if it's I think the elementalist thing, you can always tailor it to the personality while also having the base structure look like it's coming from the earth. Right. Mm hmm. But then, like we said, like a skeletons, like if your necromancer, it can be skeletons and bones. If it's an enchanter, it can be... It's more uh, possibly glowing between it or something. Oh, or sigilist or something. You can make it more like just runes on it, on the mm-hmm. on the earth, right? Giant runes on it. Um, all, yeah, glowing runes, all sorts of different things. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, oh, we, we want... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I now feel bad that that was last season that I had the wall spell and I didn't go and like make one for my witch because for a witch yeah. I should have all sorts of like things hanging off of it and like uh-huh. just bone. You'd put some skulls in it. You'd put some other. It might be mostly like wood bits too inside of it. Like that's that's true. You trees can have a coming more woody, up full of like. Oh, you could have a wooden tree like wall coming up. Are you? Do you have the wall spell? No, okay. I was just thinking of this because I was borrowing the fog one. The fog one's pretty easy. You just take, sure. You just take a bunch of like. We, we use cotton balls right now. Yeah, for just a take fog. cotton, whatever. I've already acquired the cotton to make it. I just feel like it was a loss <laughs> not to have done it before. Yeah. All right. Well, that is our last question for this D6 minutes, and we're coming up on the new year. It looks like, eh? Yes, it's like we have to have new ambitions or something. I don't know. I've already set all these projects. I guess we could talk about the projects we've set because, you know, you acquire so many miniatures. Like you talked about at the top of this podcast, you already created a whole new idea by 3D printing stuff. So there's probably going to be lots to talk about for For sure, for the new year and the year end. Although I think when this comes out, we'll have already done our year end podcast. Oh, but well, okay. we'll see. We'll see what, what happens when, when I actually release them. Uh, well, if you have any questions, you want have any questions for year end or new year, maybe, depending on when this comes out, mm-hmm. uh, you can give us uh, give us a shout. You can email us at contact at diceovereverything.com. Or find us on Facebook. We're Dice Over Everything. It's been Alan. It's from Brandon. Bye.